welcome to another episode of Kill the Mockingbird. I'm your host, Sean Chris, with my partner in crime, Sebastian Farr. We got right into it on this episode, so uh, check it out. They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird. Truth to Report with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Sebastian. Wake up! Wake up, America! Wake the fuck up! We'll get both the fuck up! Shadow banning that was going across the board, too. Um, seeing so much more uh, content and posts and stuff from various Truther accounts and kind of different opinions that you were, were being suppressed for a good period of time there post-election. Yeah, now we're able to see everybody. Like, everybody's been unshadow banned for the moment because I'm sure that there's yeah. going to be some time they clamp down again. Oh, most definitely. Um, just kind of like the lockdowns, they're, you know, kind of setting some targets and dates and stuff for them to lift those in various countries. But inevitably, they're going to move the goalposts and um, use them as a kind of a government policy in the future. Yeah, most definitely. For various reasons, too. I think we're going to see climate change lockdowns. Don't worry about that. And that's what we've been talking about for a while is the whole uh, climate change will be the next thing. That will be the the big uh, lockdown that they're going to play everybody in. And here's, the, here's a clip, though, from Biden, one of the ones that was really getting a lot of people riled up right here. Tonight, President Biden will argue that if all Americans do their part, then life could get much closer to normal by July 4th, and that Americans could even gather in small groups to celebrate Independence Day. Nora. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they've, they've gotten very good at moving goalposts, uh, as we've seen throughout 2020. I think we've just hit... Uh, a year anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and uh, yes, we have. it's a whole year. No surprise there. We, I mean, it became pretty apparent once they, you know, stopped even mentioning the word two weeks. <laughs> Here's another uh, little clip from Biden uh, patting himself on the back. It's going to help people keep a roof over their heads. Half a million are, uh, haven't been able to make their, their, their mortgage payments. About to be thrown out of their apartments. They have to make up all that they owe. And those mom and pop realtors are in real trouble. And the funny thing is, like, you being from California and anybody that is from California knows, what the hell is 1400 Man, they can't even pay an apartment. No. Uh, even <laughs> in rural California where I'm at, yeah. um, it, it's crazy. The prices have still gone up, continue to go up. You know, they talk about this big exodus of people leaving California, but the prices continue to rise at, nevertheless. So yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, dilemma. It's funny, though. It's like there's, you know, there's this big agenda through the media, too, to support this claim uh, that Biden and the stimulus, uh, you know, it, the 1400 payment is going to have the rate of poverty in the country. It's unbelievable. They think yeah, they're so out of touch. So, yeah, so out of touch. Yeah, well, 
it's like really like that's when you think like it does he really have dementia like maybe he really believes this i mean he's old and you know how old people be like man i used to be able to go to the store with a nickel and get a soda a pop you know what i mean a sandwich blah, and you're like man that's you have you heard of inflation like that shit's real like <laughs> absolutely um and it's crazy in a big way too they always kind of go after or they're going out to like you know this big push to protect renters but landlords are going to be hit the hardest. And when people start foreclosing on their homes because they are unable to collect rent uh, because of rent protection, uh, there's going to be a big financial, potentially a big financial collapse, uh, a proverbial bubble to be burst. And last time uh, Obama was in an administration where their bubble burst, 1.5 million people were kicked out of their homes. So I would expect the same to happen because they're not they're going to back the banks and the uh, Landlords, they're going to make the small business landlords look like scumbags. But, you know, the big time, because uh, most banks own, like, those big apartment complexes. Those are owned by huge, like, corporations. They're not owned by some, like, little little old man. The only one that, like, is self-owned is the smaller complexes, usually, you know, houses, like, stuff like that. But you're going to see a lot of people not only kicked out, and then you're going to see them kicked out but then you're going to see like you said the landlords the small business landlords are not going to be able to fulfill their bill their ends of the bills and they're going to be kicked out as well so it's a double whammy oh yeah um and you kind of seen it too there's been a big increase in homelessness and uh one of my first uh you know, top news stories that came across uh, my awareness kind of ties into this where we have it ongoing and ever increasing uh crisis at the border right now with immigration uh from al jazeera uh, a good take from them mexico's government is worried that the new united states administration asylum policies are stoking irregular migration and creating business for organized crime reuters reported uh, citing officials and internal assessments ever since u.s president joe biden won the white house vowing to undo the hardline approach of his predecessor uh donald trump mexico has both locked or both looked forward to an end to immigration burdens imposed by Trump and braced for a new influx of people. Detentions on the U.S. border have surged since Biden took office on January 20. Uh, Mexico has urged Washington to help stem the flow by providing development aid to Central America from where most of the migrants come, driven by humanitarian crisis. And according to official figures, there's been 100,000 detentions uh, in the month of February alone. So it's a. I saw the number that it said that the facility, which I hate when they use numbers like this, but it said uh, it was seven hundred percent, seven hundred and fifty nine percent over capacity, something like that. No, which that, I, that's they're not, like way over uh, flow. But I just hate that because like you know, a hundred percent is a hundred percent. Like if this if this bottle of water is a hundred percent full, can I? I'm just that's just me a pet peeve of mine. That's. <laughs> And that can be used like in a lot of different ways, especially looking at the media and the propaganda. They can kind of, you know, make any sort of clickbait headline out of, you know, numbers like that and over percentages. It's kind of it's kind of a double edged sword for sure. But it does speak to the fact that there is a big overflow. I heard a report that there were kids taking turns sleeping on the floor because there's not enough room in their in their cells like. And the, these are called overflow facilities. It's yeah, not, it's not a concentration camp anymore. Yeah. It's not a. Uh, it's not cages, kids in cages. It's uh, overflow facilities. My question is, where do they get the shirts? Oh yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> nice uh, 
interesting point you bring up there, uh, especially because they're all in English and they have uh, they're all usually leftist kind of hot uh, talking points, basically. Uh, I found that very interesting. Um, kind of uh, clear as day that there's a, a big effort by globalist organizations, probably George Soros related, uh, to push for this migrant surge as well as, as just like the, the they've made an incentive of, you know, trying to illegally cross because you can still get the citizenship and kind of throwing the people who are waiting in line and are actual asylum seekers under the bus in the process. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, all kinds of mess that happens with any kind of immigration, with, um, especially with human trafficking, that's always a, a, a concern because it's easy because coyotes are going to slip people through that when there's unaccompanied minors, like, who knows? And now some are probably that their parents may think that they're having a better life, but... Um, I heard a lot of reports, too, where there's, like, uh, rallies of, like, uh, messages on radios of telling people to come and, uh, you know, in other countries, like, to to rally people, which, it, to me, it sounds like just a typical, like, CIA op, you know what I mean? Like, to gather and push a narrative that they want. Because I think, to me, what they're going to do is they're going to flood text. They're going to try to get people through Texas, and uh, they're going to use this to surge the numbers up. So they go, see, I told you, you opened up too soon. And I think that's going to be probably the big push in... That helps them out a lot. Yeah, I haven't thought about that angle at all, um, but it makes total sense. And there has been a push to go through the Texas border. Probably for one, it's the biggest section of the southern border is Texas. But uh, two, there is that narrative where it feels like they are trying to, uh, you know, throw as much... Uh, uh, as much mud at Texas as possible to kind of throw... Uh, them under the bus for ending the lockdowns uh, prematurely. <laughs> and at first, their target was Florida, but they have moved because Florida is something they don't want to compare because California and Florida, when you look per capita, per capita, the, the age, you know what I mean? There's way more older people in Florida than California, so you would think the numbers would be way obsolete, but, I mean, not obsolete, but um, topsy-turvy, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. But it's about the same. Yeah. And... And, and they, like, they don't have mask mandates and they haven't been doing the lock. I think the lockdown was like 11 days, 12 days. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. short. Um, and it just kind of throws their whole narrative uh, back in their face, really. But it doesn't get brought up in the media, obviously, because they don't want to highlight that. But we in the truth of the community are well aware of it. And it's well aware. pretty clear. Well, remember me and you were having a discussion the other day about that Brooklyn dad guy and... Um, Jimmy Dore. I talk about Jimmy Dore a lot because that's one of the guys I listen to a lot. Um, and we discussed what Jimmy Dore had broken down and how people had exposed uh, Brooklyn Dad, if you don't know, who which is some big uh, Twitter influencer for the DNC party. And it was proven that he's been taking money from them. Uh, from the DNC, he got $57,000. He got some money from like John Legend, Amazon, Google, different stuff like that. And he would attack any Dem that was against uh, the narrative. Any Dem that was against the establishment. Like he went hard on Tulsi. He went hard on all that well i have a little clip of him he decided to respond and i'll, I'll break it down afterwards he responds to jimmy Dore, and i thought it was a funny clip of how he responds in case you didn't know jimmy Dore is like a very far left wing conspiracy theory. 
<laughs> Your boy Ken made the sticky taco appear. He is on the far left. He is like the left version of Alex Jones, right? And this guy is spinning like crazy nonsense, and he's just running with it. I just, I wish I could sue him, <laughs> you know, to just so he could stop spreading the lies. He's just straight up lying. Dude, you can go with the truth, but the truth is not, you know, uh, the, the truth is, is, is not controversial enough, so he has to make shit up, right? Anyway, back to, the, back to my age. In case and, you... And, and just to clarify, Jimmy Dore didn't make anything up. He showed concrete facts that somebody else had came up. I believe it was, uh, I can't, I don't know if it was Beth, Beth uh, Lynch or something like that. Something Lynch. She dug it up and she found out all this information and he just put it on his show. And I wouldn't call Jimmy Dore uh, far from a conspiracy theorist. He he bought into a lot of this COVID stuff, like and to call and that uh, that's another point I wanted to highlight on this is that we kind of highlighted on an episode uh, yesterday with uh, James from We the People how we were talking about how Alex Jones is the new way of calling people conspiracy theorists instead of calling them a conspiracy theorist they just go oh you must be one of those Alex Jones oh you must be an Alex Jones follower that's like and I think he's really hurt the community more than help sometimes. Uh yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a weird area for me. Like, because like he got me into this kind of like train of sure. thought as well. And like being more, uh, outside of the media narrative, but you, you do have a point or these guys kind of, or there's a point there to be made that he is kind of a shill in a way. Um, and a little bit of a gatekeeper on some of his information and the way he kind of brings his emotions into a lot of it, always saying like, Oh, I'm going to quit the show. Like constantly, constantly. Every time there's like 20 years, we heard that like, Oh man, they're after me. You don't know how much I have to go through. And I'm like, you're still making quite a bit of money because your studio keeps getting bigger and bigger. And, and like I said, I understand too. I think like I've said about Rogan and stuff like that, people like that. I think that when you, hit a certain plateau i'm sure you do change because you get a talking to and do you want to keep the money and it's hard for people that's a hard decision and you might even feel like well am i even going to make any difference or maybe i can make a difference from the inside or whatever your thought process is i think that's what happens and just in general once you don't want to damage your brand if that's what's giving putting food on your table you're going to be careful of how to not let that happen to for that not to stop, you know, you got to get that money. But as far as his Brooklyn dad situation, to me, he just kind of like admitted that he, that they're telling the truth about him because anybody that wouldn't, but would have brought out receipts and be like, well, this was for this. I mean, it's obvious that's him. It's obvious that he got that money. And if you look at all his tweets, the way he went after Bernie, which I'm not a Bernie guy, but I do like Tulsi and he went after Tulsi like disgusting, man. He just tried to rip her and, uh, was even sick, mad about uh, uh, Kamala jump. Drop. Remember, he uh, Tulsi destroyed Kamala in the in the um, debates, and he Very was uh, going after hard on that and saying he was speaking lies about Kamala Harris. He never speaks any of the act. He's always has the DNC talking points, and now it makes sense when when you look back at his tweets and you look at the information now we have. That to me, the reason I highlight it is because there's more of those. This is not the only guy. 
The DNC has plenty more of these people. The GOP has plenty more of these people. There's these influencers. So when you see people that are constantly going with the narrative, whatever that may be, the GOP narrative or the DNC narrative or the, the, the CIA uh, foreign policy type of fucking narrative, those are the ones you should watch out for. Those are the ones that are trying to so, uh, uh, get us to hate each other. That's how they get us split because they have us following these, these agendas that are designed to rip us apart. And these people, these influencers now, because it, they can't, it's no more just the mockingbird media. It's influencers, celebrities, anybody that is willing to, uh, uh, usually a narcissistic person that is willing to sacrifice uh, their morals for cash. Most definitely. Um, there's a big, uh, big market for that. You know, people are willing to, you know, say whatever they need to to make a quick buck and, it's kind of sad because it's uh, reflective of a societal loss of uh, integrity, kind of. Uh, people uh, are just willing to go along with the narrative and not question it because they know it's safe and they will make a, a solid you know, income off of that rather than you know, speak their own truth and make people uncomfortable and you know, lose out on that income. So it's, it's sad. But it's a reality. You have to be aware of it. And there's a lot of people like that out there. And especially when we know that we could, uh, like, you can make money anyway. Like, there's tons of ways to make monies uh, in this society. But, I mean, I get it. It's hard, like, when you build, like, we've even talked about it, like, even building channels. You know what I mean? I could get, I can understand, like, it takes time to build stuff. So I do know that you put a lot of time and effort into stuff. So it's not as cut and dry. But I'm... My point is that like these of uh, these influencers are jit. These those influencers are different from like a Rogan or Alex Jones or like a big time person that just may dance around the topic compared to these people that are literally saying the same talking points as CNN. It's the same thing. It's just a different version of it. And that's why when people go, I don't even watch CNN, bro. Yeah, but these influencers are using their narrative and you're using those talking points. So it's the same shit. Very much so. Uh, you said it very well said, honestly. Um, and that's the thing, too, is like people don't realize it when, you know, they don't watch CNN, but there's they don't realize they're still getting the main mainstream narrative uh, talking points shoved down their throat just via a different instrument. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I got this little story. I'm sure you heard about this is going to be in your neck of the woods. The uh, whole gender. Uh, toy section that has to be gender neutral. State lawmakers are considering a bill that. that would require department stores and large retailers to have gender neutral children's sections. Assemblyman Evan Lowe says that he wants to make the shopping experience more inclusive for children. Stores that violate the proposed legislation, gender specific toys and clothing that some groups claim perpetuates gender stereotypes. So like they're going to that's going to be also heavy like it's just crazy how they like try to like switch things like we have already enough that we have to fix in this country, and then they just add more and more. Because why? They want constant chaos, so there's a constant need of people like are always anxious. People are always in a hysterical fit, mass hysteria everywhere over everything that will never actually solve any of the true problems. Absolutely. Um, in fact, I think it's deliberate to kind of create more of a, a chaotic societal mess basically that people are uh, it's basically a minefield that people are not gonna be comfortable to kind of go through because any 
any little thing is going to be, you know, considered a microaggression or, uh, you know, bigoted, but they're constantly moving the goalposts, changing definitions. And it's, uh, it's a pretty sad, sad situation that we are going through, but you just have to keep speaking your truth and kind of highlighting how ridiculous it all is. Um, otherwise you're, allowing their narrative to kind of take hold of society that and you have to really like uh prepare your children for all yes. kinds of different things because there will be um instances where they don't know and you have to teach them to um kind of deal with this like to how do you what is gender what like and explain them the truth if and if that gets them in trouble then that's where you have to you know change your approach maybe of what you have to do with your schooling, but at that point, look at your your. To me, there's nothing you could do. Like gender is gender. People like what what their sexual preferences, and people don't like to uh, you know. Oh, like I don't know who's born what, why, or whatever. Right? That's not my business of what somebody else is doing with their life. But to me, all this with this hormone blockers with children, things that are not reversible. That these are life changing instances that can forever like you you can't go back like you're if what you thought at 13 is not what you think at 25 and i don't think that people should be making those life-changing decisions but at that at this point some kids will um unfortunately be the sacrifices because parents some of these parents are playing along with this social justice warrior shit and like just because your kid plays with a Barbie, well, why is he playing with a Barbie? Maybe because he's around all girls. Maybe that's all he sees. Like, there's a lot of different, like, people just think, oh, well, he's like this because of this. No, man, like, no kid knows what the hell they, uh, you shouldn't be showing them any, like, super about sex. Why should they learn about sex before they learn about how to deal with their emotions? That's what's crazy. You're not, you're not teaching in elementary school, hey, how do you deal with your emotions? How do you deal in these certain situations? How do you deal when cop pulls you over? How do you deal when you go to court? These real life scenarios that me and you've talked about before are never taught in school, but yet we're supposed to tell them like, oh, gender is neutral and gender is like uh, uh, fluid, this and that. Oh, we got shooting was a blown ISIS Mossad hit. They're referring to a news drop of the Vegas shooting, I guess, which is uh, interesting. I haven't seen anything on that yet, but I need to do a little digging. I've kind of taken today off a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I've been editing all weekend, so I I mean, I've tried to catch some news. It's hard to catch all of it. I'm going to definitely have to check into that. I have not been able yeah, to... Uh, certainly. ...dive deep. I mean, we've all suspected some kind of uh, intelligent agency uh, work at play. No, you're good. Like, that's good news, man. Like, that's uh, something we got to, like, I got to, man, that's pretty interesting. Honestly, I'd much rather talk about that than uh, the previous topic, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it's, we, it's I'm already done with that one. <laughs> but the, the, the leftist kind of wokest agenda is import, important enough to talk about because you have to raise awareness. Uh, a lot of people, especially in the government, uh, from reports I've been hearing, like, you know, they're not really aware of what what uh you know the wokeisms actually are and that it's kind of marxist related really in a way they're just kind of going along with it because the media doesn't actually you know tell the truth about what is the the actual intent with it exactly yeah and and then like i said to push that onto people to especially children that's just the, the hard part and i think that's the purpose is because they know that they're going to get us mad they're going to get us further into a, a state of of chaos where we're 
confused about everything. Everybody doesn't like everybody's this and that way. So nobody knows what their actual beliefs are. I mean, some of us obviously do, but there's a lot that are lost about like, especially the social justice warriors, because every day they're trying to play catch up on what's the new hot topic that everybody's t uh, talking about that I need to be mad at. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Potato head one day, uh, Dr. Seuss the next. It's been, it's been weird. Like they're going after such strange things. Like Pepe Le Pew was a little bit justified to be fair, but, uh, still like, but even my mom was like asking me about it and she's like, I like Pepe Le Pew. And I was like, wow. Like <laughs> it, it was a funny, uh, it was a funny trope basically. Um, but you know, cancel culture uh, takes no prisoners. And if you bend the knee to it and apologize to it, and we've seen this time and time again with people in, um, you know, in social media spheres where, you know, they go after them for a joke they made 10 years ago and uh, make them apologize for it and kind of cancel them in a, in a way. And uh, when people do apologize, you know, they're still going to go after you. <laughs> well, that's the that's the problem I have with it is with comedy like this has happened time and time again with many comedians and are we trying to go back to the 40s and the 50s are we trying to go back to going to jail for cussing for uh that's just like absurd to me like we're just falling back in time like we got to go forward at some point because we're living in this past life of where we're like, we can't say anything. You got to watch what you say. No, don't watch what you say. Just treat people right. Like, it's not that hard, man. It's really not that hard. If, you, if you're just good at people, usually nine times out of ten, they'll be good to you, even if they're having a bad day. But we get distracted with, like we said, like this gender, their race or their ethnicity, their culture, their religion. And I'm like, what does it matter if that person's cool, if they're cool? Like, but... That's what we got to just reinforce. That's what I tell, like, my nieces and nephews that are young. Like, I'll be like, who cares what they say, man? Like, if they're cool, they're cool. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all about I, the content of the character. Yeah, and I think that, but, like, I keep saying that I do think that the younger generations are going to be uh, tired of this woke shit. They're already kind of tired of it. And I think that it's mainly yeah. uh, younger millennials, like, you know, between the ages, I would say, of 23 and let's say 23 and like 29 to 30, maybe like 32 ish. Like that's like the cutoff. And that's most of the social justice warriors. And they lived a little bit different life, more sheltered than uh, some of us. Yeah. And usually kind of went, went through an extra round of indoctrination, going to universities and stuff like that for a uh, somewhat useless degree. Most of the time. <laughs> I got some uh, COVID news. If you're uh, ready for some COVID news. Well, I mean, we have to deal with it at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not a, a really news, but just a few uh, clips that I found interesting. Um, first, we'll kick it off with this is just a little clip that I find funny. This is the uh, prime minister of New Zealand, and what she says is just funny. of sustained propaganda <laughs> she just said it man they just say it now they're just <laughs> straight up saying it i mean it's crazy too though it's like a lot of this stuff is public information you know the truth the community is just not taking in their news through the actual propagandist arm of the government <laughs> and it's plain as day i mean the commonwealth countries new zealand's a big one um but 
Australia, Canada, the UK, um, they've been subjected to a whole new level of propaganda that we don't really get here, but it's, it's pretty wild watching from the outside. If you know, in my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah, it's real. Um, it's, it's scary. Cause if it happens here, we'd be super scared. And even more Orwellian is I got another clip that's even more Orwellian. Listen to this nurse that had got the COVID vaccine and then got and then caught COVID and listen to how they explain it. The positive test result taking that nurse by complete surprise, but she's now coming forward with her story because she believes it shows the vaccine really works. Circle of Health reporter Denise Dador explains. As soon as she could, registered nurse Lisa Blaze got in line to get the Pfizer vaccine. Vaccinations became available to us around the beginning of December, and I was vaccinated the first week they came out. By early January, she got her second dose, but six weeks later, she started feeling sick, tired, and congested. A COVID-19 test revealed she got the virus. I was very shocked. It's not 100%, as we know. It's 95% effective. Still, how could this happen? Lisa never stopped wearing PPE at work or masking outside her home. She got infected where she least expected it. I had a direct exposure from a close family member. Lisa was hesitant to share her experience because she was concerned about the comments anti-vaxxers might make or that people who are vaccine hesitant might become more so. But doctors say what happened to Lisa is proof that the vaccine works. The fact that she was able to not need to go to the hospital, not become severely ill, truly is a testament to how good the vaccines do offer protection. So let me get this straight. It proves the vaccine works that you got the thing that you're not supposed to get. Uh, man, we've entered full clown world uh, season 21. Uh, that's just unbelievable. Like the mental gymnastics it, it takes. I mean, I'm, I think stuff like that propaganda like that it's so poorly done that that should in itself red pill people to the fact that this is all a big you know scam scamdemic as they say <laughs> yeah well the the thing is like the mrna vaccine they say that it that it does not like necessarily protect you from getting covid and they're saying but right. to me it's like well it's already 99.7% so i don't get it so you still could get it and it's still, and they're saying, oh, because the vaccine, she was able to recover. That's the story they're trying to line out. Is like, see, if she didn't take the vaccine, she would have got it, and she would have been in the ICU. But I, my argument is different. I'm saying she would have been in the same circumstances. Like it would have been no different. So I don't see the the reasoning behind doing all this. But I did come up with a genius idea for everybody. Like, so just think about this, right? You know how, like, when we go to vote. They say we got to have IDs, right? They, they got to have ID. And then there's a big push that we shouldn't have to have IDs to vote. So I say, well, why do we have to have IDs to uh, take vaccines? We shouldn't have to have IDs to take vaccines, right? And then when we push for that, and then there's no IDs, and then when people go, hey, have, are you going to get the vaccine? I'll be like, yeah, I already got it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the funny, the funny one, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I'm just saying, just tell them you got it. What are they going to know? Then no one's going to know. And if I, you ever identify, <laughs> I identify as vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, and, or, and then they go, oh, where's the paper? Be like, you're supposed to keep the paper. I don't fucking know you're supposed to keep the paper. If I get through that shit away, man, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And just go like that. Man, I moved three times, man. I didn't know. Like, you know, everything was crazy at that time. I went to a CVS and got a, I don't know, this girl, Cheryl, just fucking, you know, and go the whole lie and tell people. Like, just tell people you're vaccinated. How are they going to fucking know? <laughs> yeah, the whole voter ID law thing being racist and then the narrative that pushing they're pushing forward with the uh, vaccination passports kind of contradicts itself if you compare the two narratives together side by side. But, uh, you know, that's just the the sort of stuff we got, have to go through and kind of break down uh, from the mainstream media propaganda. Yeah, well... The, the fact of the of the thing is, to me, is um, the whole thing to me is that it's an experiment, right? Like, everything, they don't have enough data. That's why you'll keep, when they're asked about it, they're asked, like, well, uh, where, what's going to happen? They're like, well, you know, we're waiting for more science to come in. When they're saying science, they mean data because they don't have enough data. They're waiting for time that they need, like, years because it takes years of data to collect and be like, okay, how do you feel now a year later? How do you feel two years later? What's changed? Is your body different? You know, you're, t you're checking all your vitals, everything. What is there anything different? And that's why we call it an experimental because that's what it seems like it is because it's untested. And they've tested it, which they're telling the truth. They tested it, but for two months compared to four to five years. Which yeah. Is a huge difference. <laughs> You yeah. can't make up testing like some things you can cut corners on. Right. And you can make it faster. I could see you trying to like, especially on the logistics end of it. You could do a lot of stuff in the logistics end of it to get it out faster. But you can't test faster because testing takes time. You yeah. can't speed up time. Yeah. In particular, looking uh, out for long term uh, effects and potential uh, harm from it. Uh, and, you know, they completely threw their original uh, test data uh, in, into the trash when they vaccinated all the control group anyway. So uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> and then we got Fauci over here. Um, he was on uh, Instagram Live with this guy, Eugene something. He's uh, he's some kind of actor or singer. And he um, interviewed Fauci. And, man, he really grilled him, man. Like, he really hit him with some, like... Questions. I don't think Fauci was expecting that because Fauci's been doing the runs with all the celebrity podcasts and he's been kind of getting the red carpet treatment, you know, like, hey, Fauci, what's up, my man? Like, you know, just joking around. And this guy kind of hit him with some serious shit. And the way he answered was very peculiar. Here's one of them. So um, first question, which of the COVID-19 vaccines have been officially approved by the FDA? Three of them. One from Moderna, which is the mRNA vaccine. One from Pfizer, which is another mRNA vaccine. And the other one is from J&J, &J, Johnson & Johnson, which is a little bit different. It gives the same kind of response, but it's a little bit different. So there are three vaccines that have gotten emergency use authorization from the FDA so far. There are a couple of others that are still being tested to determine if they're safe and effective. But the three that I just mentioned have been shown in very large clinical trials involving anywhere from 30,000 to 44,000 people per trial were shown to be not only very efficacious, but quite safe. 
Okay. So uh, I, I'm going to play here the, the devil's advocate. Okay. To, to understand better. Um, I, um, I, I, I asked uh, if it was approved by the FDA, uh, but I, I think that it's a different thing that to the, an emergency use authorization than a, an approval. So what is the difference between an emergency use authorization yeah. and an official approval by the FDA? Yes, that, that's a very good question. So an emergency use authorization is based on the criteria if the benefit clearly outweighs the risk and that you get a good degree of efficacy and safety. The, the full licensure is when you follow it for a longer period of time and you get more information and data. See how he said more information and data? That, to me, is extending what I was just saying, is that to have more time to figure out, hey, maybe it is good for you, maybe it isn't. I don't know yet. And I liked how he got him because he caught him in that hole where they go, yeah, you know, it's been FDA approved. No, it's been approved on emergency level only. Yeah, very, That's very the only authorization they that, got. Yeah, very key to highlight that difference. Um, it's wild. Uh, basically, the people who are taking the vaccine are part of the clinical trials uh, for the vaccine itself. And they just are harvesting a whole lot of data from it, too. And, you know, it it's uh, kind of weird how there's a trend for people who do get vaccinated. They post up their their vaccination card, uh, you know, with their whatever poison of choice, in my opinion. Um, the way that that became trendy and it just shows that people are just, you know, lining up for this uh, data harvesting scheme on your own medical health, which, you know, is pretty dystopian and not what I'm looking for in my life. And honestly, the way they're getting a lot of people is they're, they've they been leaking those stories about, like, hey, you won't be able to fly on a plane, and you won't be able to... And so people are like, man, I can't go on a vacation. So people are thinking that, and that's what most of the people... Not that they're even scared. I would say most of the people are like, whatever, man, I got to do this shit, too. And, like... To my, the thing is, normally I get it, like like we said, and you've seen in the beginning, the truth community said this from the beginning, okay, it starts with masks, right? And then it starts with this, and it goes, and that's how it's going, and the more people that do it, the harder it is for the people that don't want to do it, because then there's less of us. But what be our saving grace, unfortunately, is what may happen to people, because we don't know. Now, I don't think it will happen to tons of people, but my argument is, if there's this amount of people dying, and you say, when, if if... I save one person by wearing a mask. That's all that matters. Then if I save one person for them not taking the vaccine, like why is death so uh, it only works in, when it's in favor of your agenda? You know what I mean? Like whatever. And I'm like, that's just a, a, a poor debate, uh, a choice of the, uh, debate weapons. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on, man. That's not a, a fair chance. You can't say like, oh, well, you know, I, I care about people and I'm just saving one life. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I care about people, too. And that's why I feel like they should be careful of what they inject into their body. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, oh, but people have died. You can look it up. It's now, I think, oh, yeah. almost to 1,400 now. Like, And that, those are the reported cases because there's also cases where they're like, well, we can't link to it. And there's people that are saying like, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It, it, to say it's linked, but then when someone dies on a motorcycle, and then they go, yeah, he definitely died of COVID. <laughs> and then when we question that, you'd say that, oh, you guys are insane. 
Like, what's wrong with you? You're insane. But then when I go, hey, this person, my, this, put, oh, well, they had a heart attack. I know, but they had the vaccine the day before. Oh, yeah, well, that had nothing to do with it. How do you know? So now, how did you know that COVID did kill that motorcycle dude, but that the vaccine didn't kill the heart attack? I mean, didn't cause the heart attack. It's just, it's. It's circular logic that they like to use. Um, it applies bigly, or bigly, Trump term. <laughs> it applies in a big way to um, uh, the way they kind of write it off like, oh, this person was harmed or killed by the vaccine. Rather than saying that, they say, oh, they were at risk because they were in uh, either a immunodeficient state of health or they actually, uh, <laughs> you know, are at risk for potential harm from vaccines. But then that, that doesn't apply to COVID, you know. It's... Uh, Pretty funny, the doublespeak they use, it, it ties nicely to, like, uh, a few stories that have about long, like, some studies of uh, the effects of lockdowns uh, okay. from the Daily Mail. Uh, Self-harm cl claims rise by, and the, these are the percentages they come out with in these uh, studies, but 333% and overdoses are up 120% among 13 to 18-year-olds. The shocking toll of pandemic on teenagers, mental health is revealed. Fair, a nonprofit organization which describes itself as being dedicated to bringing transparency to healthcare costs and health insurance information, released the finding of their report into mental health on Tuesday. They studied 32 billion private healthcare claim records, uh, looking at the 13 to 18 age range and 19 to 22, tracking month by month changes from January to November 2020 compared to the same months in 2019. They found startling results. In March and April of 2020, the number of insurance claims for mental health issues among young people aged 13 to 18 as a percentage of all medical claims approximately doubled in, compar in comparison to the previous year. And in that same age range, uh, overdoses are up. And it's pretty uh, fair sign of how much the lockdowns have had an effect on people's mental health and there's no real refuting it. at this point we've been saying it for a long time but you know the stats are from the studies are actually bearing it out uh on paper for us yeah and the daily caller too as well has addressed a lot of that too they uh like jorge ventura has focused in on some of the actual stories of the unfortunate incidents i believe there's one kid though that that didn't uh pass away that he was able to um recover from the injuries that he sustained but yeah i think that seeing not only not just the lockdowns but the lockdowns combined with the hysteria and the propaganda really has done a number especially on the youth because that's a tough time and the age range has pretty much been between 11 and like 16 you know 11 and 18 like that younger uh you know that already awkward phase uh that people are going through and then now you may be on lockdown at home but people are all now getting harassed online and then they're getting harassed online 24 7 and then now they feel like i can't even go online to escape i can't even have my maybe they have their one friend uh at school but they can't talk to them because their friend can't go online you know what i mean there's some you know because every parent's different on their restrictions it's just been very tough for them especially not to be able to have contact with that time where you're meeting your friends and meeting new people and kind of discovering how it is to to interact and socialize with other human beings absolutely couldn't have said it better myself uh there's a a big part of you know your growth as a person or just your your mental 
state and your well-being of, you know, actually being around other people in your community, having that, you know, face-to-face interaction uh, in person. And when they shut down the schools and they've kept them shut down and the teachers unions have pushed uh, pushed back on every uh, form of leverage they can against, you know, going back to in-person teaching, it's an uphill battle for these kids. And, you know, my heart goes out to them and I, I don't know how I would take it if I was their age, but it's a pretty tough time. And I think it's uh, not spoken of enough to, we really need to take care of the mental well-being of our youth. Most definitely. And that's why like, we have to focus on helping them as much as possible. Like, like I said, not just as a parent, but if you're an uncle, if you're a aunt, uh, I mean, you have cousins, whatever, like, you got to give them any positive influence you can because there's, if not, they're going to gravitate towards these polarizing issues just to feel a part of something or they're going to feel completely isolated. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's a tough struggle because, you know, there's so much fear put around the virus, but there's no real clear picture, you know, actual studies to prove that kids can actually asymptomatically spread the virus. But that's the big fear that they put on everyone and used to justify the shutdown of schools and the lockdowns in general. And now the unions, to me, are using it as leverage. And oh, it yeah. looks like it's coming to them with the uh, COVID relief bill that they're they're getting. They're like, good job. You did your part. Here's your money. That's what it seems like. You know, this, this whole this segment really is uh, bringing up uh, – Parts I saw from the South Park episode. I haven't I had a chance to watch the whole thing yet. <laughs> I saw it all, yeah. Yeah, you saw it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw parts of it, but it, there was a, you know, big thing about how teachers aren't getting access to vaccinations because, you know, they're not essential or whatever. And I thought that was pretty comical kind of take uh, um, on, you know, this topic. It was funny. And then what, they had like the little cues or something like that? Oh, that was, that was a little bit weird the way they kind of went into that and kind of almost hard to make it funny yeah especially like you know if you go to like the ritual or satanic ritual sacrifice stuff yeah it it gets kind of like dark and i think they tried their best to make it funny like i don't think they did a bad job i think it was hard to make that funny and i did (laughs) i do think that they did try to be neutral i don't think they in my opinion maybe they were maybe someone saw it different but how i saw it they try to be neutral as much as they could and make fun of everybody but some of the topics were really hard especially when we know all the stuff about epstein and knowing all the stuff about like maxwell and know that maxwell is still not even being we haven't even seen a mugshot of her you saw el yeah. chapo within 24 hours you saw epstein you know all these high profile uh cases we see their mugshots within hours and we still haven't seen any footage of Maxwell. Every footage they, uh, of the courtroom they show as a drawing. What? Uh, refresh my memory. When was she arrested? Oh, man. I Do you say, remember? Yeah, I want to say, like, was it May? Of last year, sure. right? Yeah, last year. April or May. Sure. That's what I was thinking, too. Um, it's wild, though. It's a... Uh, you have the Chauvin trial coming uh, full circle, you know, yeah. from actual incident to the trial now, or at least the jury selection, which is 
a pretty farcical in itself. If if anyone's got some free time to kill, uh, <laughs> following those has been kind of interesting. Uh, but the I kind of lost track of my point there. Um, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could jump into something else. What other what other stories you got for us? I know we got like I think we got like ten ish minutes left. See, um, there's just a couple more on like COVID lockdowns and stuff. Um, Stanford doctor calls lockdowns the biggest public health mistake we've ever made. Um, I'm, it was a pretty mainstream uh, article. It was in Newsweek. Um, I thought that was pretty telling, you know, more doctors kind of speaking out and you're seeing a lot. That was one of the really good things to see. Uh, the shadow ban lifting was, um, you know, a lot of the doctors being able to kind of come back that are outside of the, the big pharma cult basically. Yeah. Or, um, or well, I still haven't heard anything about like the Robert Kennedy's, the people that have got their big accounts. I know on Twitter, uh, they're, they're, they're still purging. I think IG's just kind of like, laying low and they're letting that like let it run they kind of let their ig and then i think that they are going to regulate it again at some point i'm not sure when i'm kind of waiting for a false flag to happen pretty soon especially like with all the gun bills uh i just feel like there's going to be some sort of false flag pretty soon and then now like hearing this about the vegas thing i think they're going to do another one to make it more you know intensified because those moments are intense and that's when you get in, when people are in fear and anxiety that's when it's easier to mani manipulate somebody yeah and it would coincide timely with um you know the big legislative push to have more gun control laws uh imposed across the country nationally in which we all know it's that will not reduce gun violence because no. anybody could get a gun anywhere like if you really want to get something you could get it yep and it's it's just I think that's a big repel moment for people who um you know were in the gun community for a long period of time, you know, back in the day. Um just to kind of see the progression of the gun laws and the farcical nature of it all. Uh they can't even really define what is a quote unquote assault rifle, but you know, here we are legislating all sorts of uh you know nitpicking little things and making criminals out of law-abiding citizens. Yeah. And the people that getting the gun the right way are not the ones you need to worry about. The yeah. ones you need to worry about are the ones that are trying... Because if I'm getting a gun from the streets, I'm doing it because I don't want people to know. I want it... I'm purposely... Because if you know, too, a lot of people know, if you know about street shit, you can get, like, things... They're called ghost guns. You know what I mean? They're called, like, uh, you know, and they call it's called burners. There's things that where you can make it to where you don't want any kind of legend... And you can get these. I'm not going to go too far into because <laughs> I don't yeah, want to give 3D, people secrets 3D away. 3D printers come to mind, but, you oh, know, that's another topic. Too, but, like, even other countries, and they have people building it. They have other, you know, people just making old guns into uh, untraceable, like getting serial numbers away, like, just so there's not, you know, changing the barrels, so there's no uh, definitive markings. So there is ways, and people, it's, the more you take away from people, you just look at people in jail. The more resourceful they're going to become. So do you think that they're going to just be like, oh, man, you took away our guns, or you say we can't have guns. They're going to find a way to get, because now they're going to feel threatened. So they're now they're on, on defense mode. And that's all you're getting, but they push for these because they it's a, a, 
something they can feel that they can sway people. And that's why they use these topics because they can sway people because they could go, look at all these people that are dying from guns. And you're like, man, damn, that's a good point, man. Maybe if we just stop doing that, that there would be better. But it, if you improve the quality of life, that's how you change it. These other laws are meaningless. Yeah, truly. And it's um, there was actually a good uh, clip Tim Pool highlighted this last week where there was a surge of uh, kind of opinion pieces from local media outlets. And they were all kind of worded very similarly but just highlighting uh, violent crime statistics, gun violence statistics uh, in the local areas. And it just shows there's a bigger agenda being pushed by the mainstream media to kind of, you know, make the normies be uh, as complicit as possible in um, these gun laws that they're pushing forward. Yeah, it's it's another uh, tool in the belt that they're trying to use as, uh, you know, the lockdowns uh for the, they're going to be doing for the the covid the uh climate change these gun laws these are to make you more be in fear of your neighbor like be mad at your neighbor your neighbor's your enemy he can give you covid and kill you he may have a gun and kill you he may be uh have a certain type of vehicle that is putting so much admissions into the uh environment and killing you you see what i'm saying they're finding different ways to make your neighbor your enemy I believe that's the goal because if your neighbor's your enemy and you can't trust anybody, then you can't unite. Yeah. And you kind of see that too, like especially in suburban areas. Uh, people don't really know their neighbors anymore. And that was a big, uh, big change that happened societally over the past couple decades, really. You know, everyone, there used to be a lot more uh, of a community feel to certain neighborhoods. And now everyone's kind of, uh, a little bit isolationist maybe in their own uh, sort of ways. It's uh, sad to see, but it's, you know, pushed more and more. And we're kind of seeing it even on a hyper level with the lockdowns and stuff to be, you know, scared of your neighbor, scared of your own shadow even. Yeah, and being so much fear that the only person that can protect you is the government and trust the government, they will protect you. When I don't understand, well, first of all, what have they done so far? Nothing. They now they're giving us fourteen hundred dollars, which again people have to rem- remember that's still your money. It's already your money. You already gave it to them, and they're just giving some of it back. Um, that's just gonna be something we're gonna have to deal with and keep pushing forward with, you know, and trying to have these keep conversations like me and you have, and I've had other conversations with other people, and we're continuing to kind of grow this kind of uh, community because uh, there's a lot of like-minded people that. We might not agree on everything, but we all kind of have common goals of where we'd like to see society go. Yeah, it's it's a cool thing to see. There's a, a good uh, amount of growth and um, a big presence on various social media platforms. Like people are pretty aware of the situation and there's conversations to be had. You have to go looking for them because, um, you know, shadow bans and kind of suppressing uh, methods they use through the algorithms. But there are like-minded individuals out there. You can find them in your community in real life and online. And with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. It looks like it's our that timer's going down. We're at like 59 seconds. Appreciate everybody that joined us. You know, we're uh, going to try to start doing lives again. Maybe we'll either do it every Sunday or bi-weekly, but we'll try to, like, keep it posted. You know, uh, we got our 
a lot on our plate, so we'll, we'll uh, kind of do more. If you guys want more information and more stuff that you got for us, you know, you can email us uh, at ktmbproductions at gmail. I'm Sean Chris. That's Sebastian Farr. And uh, this is the Truth Report, Kill the Mockingbird. You can catch us on Apple, uh, iTunes, um, Spotify, all that good stuff. And, you know, check out the music, Sean Chris. I got a couple new releases, Mr. Heisman, uh, Mania 5150, and a couple other things like that. Go check that out. So wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. I mean, why should I bother to play records for you if, you, if you're not even willing to call up and pledge a couple, a couple of dollars? A couple of dollars. It's not that much money. We've been playing what you want. But we have to have your money. We can't make it without you.